Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to I Love That Movie. This podcast is for movie lovers. It's not an unbiased opinion. It's not a straightforward review. It's just a couple people talking about a movie that they love. The format is each week I have a guest, and that guest and I discuss a movie that they love, something they're obsessed with, something they connect with. We'll talk about the plot, the director, and the actors, but we'll also talk about the personal connection my guest has with that movie. So if that sounds like something you want to listen to, keep listening. This is Lisa, and you're listening to I Love That Movie. Uh, and if you want to catch up with me on Twitter, you can find me at ILTM Podcast. Uh, I am also on Instagram, I Love That Movie Podcast. And we have a Facebook group called I Love That Movie. Just send a request, I'll add you, and it's just a safe space for movie lovers to discuss their favorite films judgment-free. Um, if you like what you hear today, please subscribe and rate the show. It helps new listeners find us. Um, and we really appreciate it. Uh, last thing I want to plug is in a couple weeks here, we are going to be at Dragon Con. Uh, we have a panel at Dragon Con. It will be Saturday at 10 a.m. at the Hilton in Galleria 6. Uh, we will be discussing aliens. So please go watch Aliens and, you know, get ready for, for that episode. I'll probably put the episode out when I get back uh, from vacation, but excited about that. And if you're at Dragon Con, of course, please stop by and see us. Um, and now I will turn our attention to a returning guest I have with me here today. I have Mindy. Say hi, Mindy. Hey, everyone. Hey, Mindy. Uh, you were on one of our top five episodes last year. Uh, we talked about Wonder Woman. Yes, that was so exciting. I <laughs> I just I can gush about Wonder Woman all day long, and I am so hyped for the next Wonder Woman movie coming out next summer. Me too. I love the 80s vibes. I've loved all the images we've seen. I'm just like super excited to see what patty jenkins is oh my gosh same oh that that poster (laughs) that came out a few months ago i just i lost it it was so me too i freaked out i think i screamed i was (laughs) like yes um but we are talking about a different movie today what what movie did you pick for today today we are talking about captain marvel Yes. I know when we talked about um, when you were in the top five, you came back also to be on my anniversary episode. And we were like, okay, we've got to do Captain Marvel next, basically. So yes, <laughs> absolutely. Been, it works for a while. Um, so, you know, normally we talk about when you first saw this movie, what your initial impressions were and things like that. Obviously, this came out in 2019. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you've seen it. We've seen it. Um, what, yes. <laughs> what were your thoughts? Seeing this movie. Oh, actually, before we do that, I'm so sorry. Let me backpedal a little bit. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself in case people haven't heard that episode yet? Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. So, <laughs> my name is Mindy. I just got Pum- too excited. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We're both like pumped about this movie. So, we got to, we really want to dive into it. Uh, so, my name is Mindy <laughs> Tomlin. I go by the Geeky Seamstress online. I am a Dallas based cosplayer. I've been cosplaying since 2012. And 
I love, love, love superheroes, especially stuff that comes out of the MCU. I've been a fan of Marvel Comics in general since since I was a kid. I don't remember exactly when, but my hook into the Marvel Comics universe started, I think, with a lot of people from our generation with the Fox Saturday morning cartoon block. Oh, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. So that, amusingly enough, that was my introduction to Carol Danvers as well. Really? Yes. Tell tell, tell me more about that. Because, you know, I I, I mentioned to somebody in our Facebook group, um, they were like, I'm, they they were like, I'm I'm wanting to see what uh, your guest thinks of this movie and your thoughts on it. And I was like, well, you know, Mindy is the expert here. So, (laughs) (laughs) so tell me, tell me a little bit about your experience with the character, like when you got into her and all that good stuff, since we kind of already spoiled what the movie's going to (laughs) be. So, um, like I said, I I got my introduction to Carol whenever I was watching those, uh, the X-Men cartoons as a kid. So there's this whole arc about how um, Rogue, whenever she's with the Brotherhood of Mutants, um, steals Carol's powers and absorbs Carol's psyche, um, effectively putting Carol into a coma. And, So there's an episode where she's uh, battling Carol's psyche within her own mind. And, you know, kind of my takeaway from that for a long time was like, oh, you know, I I don't know if I'm into this Carol chick. Like, (laughs) like, who is this person? What what are you doing to Rogue over here? (laughs) (laughs) So so whenever I got into cosplay, um, I went back and revisited um, those cartoons and around that time was when Kelly Sue DeConnick took over as the writer for Captain Marvel. Marvel was really starting to push Captain Marvel and it was pretty clear early on whenever they started putting out their whole slate of films that she mm-hmm. was going to take on a role in the films. Um, gotcha. So you could kind of see where it was going but really, um, Carol got passed around in the comics for decades. There's there's a, ro- a lot of really um, hashtag problematic uh, <laughs> issues with her. Um, there's there's a whole slew about um, of rape issues and alcoholism, and basically a lot of writers just didn't know what to do with her. And there were a lot of characters that had the mantle of Captain Marvel before Carol took that on. Originally, right. she went by Miss Marvel. Mm-hmm. And most people recognize her in the black leotard with a thunderbolt emblem. Yeah, that's kind of that's that's how I thought of her. Like I, I remember making that connection that that's like the same character pretty much. And that's what I remember seeing kind of growing uh or not growing up, but when I've cosplayed and stuff, I've seen that a lot. Yeah, and I mean she was still a popular character, but it was pretty clear that Marvel just didn't know what to do with her in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Kelly Sue DeConnick came in and basically just rewrote Carol um, entirely. Um, but she went back to Carol's um, kind of core essence and looked at her origin story and built her up from there. Gotcha. Um, and in the last, man, I haven't kept up in the comp 
with the comics for probably the last three, four years. I've just kind of like read reviews here and there online, but apparently they've been doing some retconning with her backstory. So I won't get into all of that uh, <laughs> since we're talking about the movie and not the comics right now. Uh, but yeah, um, as soon as I started reading Kelly Sue's run, I was just enamored with Carol. I was like, oh my gosh, this this character is phenomenal. She's a badass. She's unapologetic about her power. She it, she has such a great sense of humor. Like there's actually an issue um, somewhere in the Deconic run where she literally punches a dinosaur in the face. <laughs> I and I just, I just loved it so much I loved everything about that run gotcha yeah so then once I started I just I was devouring those comics left and right and I was just waiting for years for the movie to come out and I remember I remember very vividly being so upset finding out that Captain Marvel was um getting pushed back in favor of Black Panther. But then as soon as I saw Black Panther, I was like, you know what? I ain't even upset. This is an, an amazing movie. <laughs> well, I was actually going to ask you, so how many years ago was that? How, how, how old is that run? Uh, I want to say that run, I'm pretty sure that run came out in 2012, somewhere, okay. somewhere in there, somewhere between 2012 and 2014. Gotcha. Was that around the time that Marvel kind of started that initiative to sort of bring more diversity and different voices to their line? Is that fair to say? Or was uh, that I, more recent? I want to say yes. Uh, I feel like that was roughly around phase two, maybe. Okay. So it was clear that they started needing to bring in more than just straight white dudes. Um <laughs> But I mean, yeah, I remember even hearing the complaints about, okay, well, you've got Black Widow. Where's her movie? Yeah. I feel like that was somewhere around then as well. Yeah. Um, and I, I asked that because you mentioned that, like, there's been other iterations of her, but this is the one that really grabbed you. And my thoughts were when you were talking about that, about, you know, not knowing what to do with her and the alcoholism and the rape and other things um i feel like those are tropes especially the rape one in female stories that a lot of female readers including myself don't really appreciate in character arcs no, <laughs> is that fair no. to say and it, it turns us off to those characters because we feel like uh a lot of times that really sensitive subject matter is not handled the right way or really given enough time and attention to deal with it's just a huge issue. And so it's like when you introduce it as part of a character arc, it can be really mishandled. And I think more often than not, it is. But what I'm hearing when you talk about, you know, you got really into this particular run. I mean, it sounds like it went from being male authors to a female author that understood, you know, what to do with that character. Is, is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's definitely fair to say. Uh, I can't remember exactly why um, the decision was made to bring Kelly Sue DeConnick on board, but it's definitely one of those situations where you could see, oh, here's someone who actually knows how to handle a female character. And that's not to say that men can't write female characters, but like you said, it's been the norm for so long 
especially in comics where if a man is writing a female character, they're going to bring in those problematic issues or they're going to refrigerate a female character. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I want to stress that too. I'm not saying that you, that men can never write female characters, but I'm saying sometimes those titles don't do well when written by male uh, authors because they're not reaching their intended audience. They don't maybe bring up specific issues or experiences that women are interested in reading in, and they may accidentally turn their audience off to them. Um, and so I think that's why sometimes we've heard in the past, like, well, you already have these female characters. And, you know, we're like, well, yeah, but, you know, they're just the girlfriend or they're refrigerated, like you said, <laughs> or, right. or they have these problematic backstories. It's like, hey, this isn't really a character I want to be or that I can get behind. I think the X-Men, you pointed that you know, brought you into this universe. Same here. Like as a kid, I love the X-Men because the female characters were as important as the male characters. And it felt like they were written in such a way that, I mean, you, you wanted to be one of them. I wanted to be rogue, you know, and she wasn't just Cyclops's girlfriend or not Cyclops. Oh my gosh. Gambit. <laughs> Dang it. She wasn't just Gambit's girlfriend. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. No, so. I, I, I totally agree. And, um, you know, going back to those tropes that are, that often pop up in the comic books, like it, it often feels like, especially with rape tropes that women have to suffer to grow. And that is how a lot of writers treat it. And yeah. Yeah. It feels like in general, women have to emote a lot more. And I think this is something that I'm going to hold myself accountable for, because I think when I first saw this movie, I had some issues with her emoting, mm -hmm. um, and but I had to really examine that and try to ask myself if this were about Thor or if this were about, you know, Iron Man, would I think those characters, are they not emoting enough either if I put them under the same lens? And when I rewatched it a second time, I do wonder if like I'm expecting her to scream and cry more but that's not consistent with who she is or her character. And maybe that's not even consistent with, you know, every woman. And we don't necessarily have to see her, like you say, she can have hard times and go through difficulties, certainly, and have trauma. But do we really need to see like several scenes of her suffering in order for me to connect with her? I think maybe I'm sort of programmed to think that I need that from other movies. <laughs> and I'm realizing watching this a second time that I walked in with my own baggage. And I think maybe a lot of people do. I definitely agree with that. Um, especially when I was looking at a lot of the backlash that the film got before it was even released in theaters, I just kept thinking to myself, would people have these same criticisms if it was a man in that role? And right. I think for the most part, the answer is no. No. And, you know, I hate to go there. You know, I'm a lot of times on the show, we're extremely positive. Um, and we both really enjoyed this movie, but it's impossible to talk about this movie without addressing some of the, the cloud of backlash around it, you know, despite it reaching a billion dollars and being the highest, you know, grossing female-led superhero movie. I mean, there's only been two, but... Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, I don't really count some of the others, but... Um, you know, there's only been two major ones, and uh, and yet, and yet, with all that success, it's also brought with it some some growing pains. I think you could say. I think some things that five, ten years from now, people will be like, "Really? 
(laughs) And I think we'll be in the past. Yeah, I think it, it, it reminds me like every time I heard people being upset about it, I think about like, you know, the first woman that ran a marathon and people being like, no, she can't do that. This is crazy. This is madness. And then, you know, years later, like most women are the ones running marathons now, you know, like more so than men. Um, You know, (laughs) and we'll we'll get into this uh, a bit more, but yeah, I I completely agree with you on on that whole uh, front. And uh, it is, it is frustrating to have these movies come out, especially like, like for me, I've been waiting seven years for this movie to come out. And that's not possible, Mindy. This is only for a couple people that oh, aren't yeah. really comic book fans. Oh, like, don't you know you that Disney bought this? out the theaters so that they could inflate <laughs> the numbers? <laughs> it's so funny now. Like, I think just because, you know, it's so clear that that's not true, but when it was coming out, when we were hearing all this news. Yeah. And, and and I think the reason why I wanted to highlight that, you know, how you got really turned on to this run of comics and why you liked it more than other ones is because I think it gives context to people that maybe didn't understand this film, maybe that don't even understand this character. Because, you know, a thing I heard a lot was like, um, I just don't like her. I just want a better movie um, and a better character for women. And it's like, okay, but you're not asking us what we want. And I think think that's one (laughs) of the things that frustrated me the most whenever um, this film was really getting hyped up and everyone just basically want, I say everyone, uh, the, the people, the naysayers who were saying, Oh, this, do we need this movie? And it's like, do we need, do we need so many superhero movies featuring the same type of dude? Yeah. It's like, we have them. Why right. can't we have more female superheroes? Why can't we yeah, have like one or two? Like right? It's, <laughs> it's like not no, even that much I'll... to ask. It's like no, you just get Black Widow and Wonder Woman. That's it. <laughs> Sorry, you've got enough. Yeah, like um, yeah, and I guess we'll kind of transition into we'll bring it back up before we go there again. But <laughs> like to 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 put a more positive spin on this after you you know, waited all this time to see this movie, like, what was that like for you to to see this film? And, and how did you feel about like, how did you feel about it overall? I really enjoyed it um, overall. And um, I, I want to like, mention this point that you talked about just a second ago with, um, with how watching the movie and you kind of thought at first that she didn't emote enough. I kind of had a similar reaction whenever I watched the movie for the first time. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed all the nods to the comics, but I left the film feeling a little let down because I was thinking, man, I didn't have that same kind of visceral reaction to it that I did to Wonder Woman, which not necessarily fair to compare the two films, but I was like, man, is this just me? Like what, what's going on here? And I think it's because Brie Larson is a very subtle actor a lot mm-hmm. of the emotions that she portrays, you really have to, I'm, she's portraying them in a very different way. Mm-hmm. So there, there's definitely a lot of subtlety to her emotions that we just haven't seen before because this type of movie hasn't been a thing before. I agree. I think I, you know, you're, you're echoing how I felt. I, I walked out of there and I felt weird at first, mm-hmm. actually private message, um, a friend of the show, Zaki Hassan, because he had written a review and he had some concerns about 
her comedic timing and her uh, her emotions. And he felt like he wanted more and he wanted to, uh, I guess, get more from her backstory and her character. And he he got a lot of backlash uh, from fans. They were like, how dare you comment on this? Like, you're being so awful. You're not a woman. You have no idea how we feel. And, you know, at first I, he said he walked it back right away and was like, I'm so sorry. I, I feel like I'm speaking out of turn and I'm going to internalize this and think about it and blah, blah, blah. And then I saw the movie and I had some of the same thoughts and I hadn't even read his review yet because I was mm-hmm. I told him I was like, I had not even read it. But then afterwards, I went and read his review after I had my own thoughts and they were echoing some of the things. <clears throat> sorry, my throat's dry. They were echoing some of the things that I thought. And um, so I private messaged him and I was like, hey, you know what? I've read your review and I've seen the movie and I, I thought the same thing. So I, I hear you like I don't think that you're being ugly at all. Um, and I think that people may be coming on a little strong, which I kind of understand because there was so much backlash and I was oh, ready yeah. to fight people too, you know, but I had that reaction and I think it's two things. I think number one, you're right. Brie Larson's acting style is different, but is it really that different from say somebody like, you know, Harrison Ford who can be like funny in movies, but it's not like he's laughing out loud. Like when he's indie he makes jokes, but he's kind of subtle and reserved. And even when he's Han Solo, um, and I think we're used to seeing a male actor deliver comedy and emotions in a more muted way. And we're comfortable with it, but I don't think we're comfortable when a woman does it. And I have to include myself in that camp. I, I realize now that I was also thinking that way. And uh, oh, I absolutely agree. And I think it's part of our film conditioning because, you know, we've, we've grown up with films that have been set up in a certain way and films have often been very, very formulaic. So we know what to expect from male characters and we know what to expect from female characters. And again, I, I know I've already mentioned this, but I really feel like if it were a man in that role, there would have been a very different reaction to it. Yeah, like I feel like some of her personality was kind of like, you know, a little bit like a, a Tom Cruise type character. Um, exactly. Maybe like they make gun. a lot of allusions to, right. to freaking Top Gun throughout the entire movie. So that's yeah. actually a really fair comparison. <laughs> and, I, and even though, you know, Tom Cruise is obviously very charming and smiley, more smiley than she is, we'll say. But I don't think he's like constantly like crying or laughing or, you know what I mean? Like he's not as animated and i think Mm -hmm. that again we're used to that and then the other thing i think about this film was because endgame was coming out so soon um i feel like they also have that you know not issue but they have there's there's two reasons for the movie it's like one it's a movie introducing her but then two they've got to introduce some elements that are going to be in endgame and so you know, that can turn into maybe fast tracking some things, leaving certain things out to include this bigger overall plot. I mean, you can't deny all these movies are connected and, mm-hmm. and that's fine. And that that's something that works. It keeps people coming back and watching it. But I did think sometimes in the movie, I wanted to spend more time with her or in her past or 
with oh, certain yeah. characters. And I wish we had gotten that. I do think when you compare it to some of the other origin movies like Iron Man or Thor, maybe we had a little bit more time with those characters because they weren't on the heels of something bigger. Um, but I understand why they did that. And I think they've got all the time in the world to keep exploring her. And I can't wait to see that. So it's not enough of a deterrent for me to where I don't like the movie. You know, it's like, do I do I wish we had more of that? Absolutely. But I don't think it makes it a bad movie. It, it, you, I, can, I, you can love a movie and, and, and have a couple things you wish were different. That's okay. <laughs> yes, yes. I, again, 100% agree with that. Um, actually, the film grew on me more as I watched it over and over again. I think I've watched it five times since it came out. Nice. <laughs> I watched it twice in the theater. And of course, I bought it the day that it came out on Blu-ray and watched it again and again and again. And I actually was watching a couple of the featurettes before we started recording. Um, but, <laughs> I was watching but, things too. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, but yeah, going back to um, your point about, you know, it, it would have been nice to spend more time with her and get even more of her backstory. I think that this movie, well, first off, um, for people who don't know, Endgame was filmed before Captain Marvel was. And ah. so there whenever Brie was cast as Captain Marvel, she was still trying to iron out who she was going to be as that character and how to handle that character. Mm. So there's, there's definitely some, um, I, I feel like some editorial weirdness and concern to, you know, how she's portrayed as Captain gotcha. Marvel between the two films. And she does play a massive role in Endgame and, um, figuring out her backstory is, is a huge deal in going into that film. Um, I really, uh, oh man. So I definitely agree. I would like more on her backstory, who she is. Uh, honestly, I would have loved to spend more time uh, with the Cree and yeah. more of that world. And I think we're definitely going to see a lot more of that going forward, especially since that is such a huge part of Carol's story and who she is. Mm -hmm. um, I also kind of feel like, not getting as much of her backstory is kind of cool just because she is realizing throughout this film that she's not who she thought she was. Yeah, that's very true. It's it's definitely a story about self-discovery mm -hmm. and sort of a rebirth. And, uh, and you're right, if you give all that away, then we don't get to see her go through that. So I, I agree with that. Um, I will say that I loved that she didn't have a romantic interest in this film. Thank God. I've, I've heard reviews where they're like, that really would have helped. And I'm like, does no. it? No. I think, I don't know. It's like, I, I don't know. A lot of times in superhero films, when they have a romantic interest, I'm almost never, I almost never care. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm just going to be blunt. So it's like, there are some you know, exceptions to that. There are some, you know, characters that their love interest is super important. Like I would say like Superman and Lois Lane. Oh like, yeah. They make Lois Lane interesting enough and their relationship compelling enough to where I care. Mm -hmm. But a lot of them, you know, it feels a little forced. Mm -hmm. So I agree with you. I think, you know, she's dealing with something 
with figuring out who she is and realizing her whole life is a lie, I don't know if it's a good idea to throw a relationship in there on top of that. Totally so. agree. <laughs> I just <And> like I, <laughs> bad timing there, bad timing. Yeah. And it's like, I, I just, yeah, I don't think it's needed. Um, so I, I totally agree with you. And you know what? I'm going to read the synopsis. Man, guys, we just can't hold back all of our gushing. <laughs> but I'm going to read it really fast. It's really quick. So uh, Captain Marvel is an extraterrestrial Kree warrior who finds herself caught in the middle of an intergalactic battle between her people and the Skrulls. Living on Earth in 1995, she keeps having reoccurring memories of another life as the U.S. Air Force pilot Carol Danvers. With help from Nick Fury, Captain Marvel tries to uncover the secrets of her past while harnessing her special superpowers to end the war with the evil Skrulls. Which, that's an extremely simplified, skipping a lot of stuff that goes on. But, you know, <laughs> that's the gist. Which, you know, like, if I just read that paragraph, I'm like, that sounds freaking awesome. Right. <laughs> like I'm, I'm seeing warrior. I'm seeing, you know, different alien species. I'm seeing the Air Force. Like, I special superpowers. Like, very exciting synopsis. And I feel like it's, it is a like really interesting and fun story that's sort of, like we mentioned earlier, bogged down by some controversy. And if you just free yourself from all that, like it's a, it's a good movie. It's it fun is. to watch. <laughs> it is. It's a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. And I've got like a couple quick facts. Uh, just, just a couple. Um, the first one that I have was that to prepare for the role as Captain Marvel, Brie Larson trained for four hours a day over nine months learning judo, boxing, and wrestling. Uh, she also visited uh, Nellis Air Force Base and met with active duty airmen, including uh, Brigadier General Janine Levette and Thunderbirds pilot Major Stephen Del Bagno, who, um, who died in a crash and whom the movie pays tribute to in the credits. Uh, he and other members of the unit had given Brie Larson the call sign Sparrow. I think it's really cool the way that they, like, I know some people are like, oh, this is like, you know, propaganda when when she was like posing with the Air Force and like promoting it. But um, I think, you know, guys are so used to constantly being told, like, you can do this. Um, you should join the the military. You should join lots of different fields. I don't think the same attention is paid to women. And when you don't see other women doing something, you don't always necessarily feel like you can do it. It's really helpful to have really positive, you know, female role models that are already doing something you're thinking about. And so I think it's awesome that they did that. I mean, it really made me think a lot about my, uh, my best friend, Kara, who, you know, when she was really young, she wanted to be in the military. It was like her dream and it was constantly discouraged. And she was told like, no, you're a woman, especially I think in the nineties. I mean, the, you know, she was told like, you won't be able to do anything anyway. Cause you can't like be in the field. And, um, she was basically talked out of it. She ended up later joining, uh, the, the police force and going uh, to the police academy but that was her dream and you know constantly being told it's not something you're physically able to do and you know just so strongly discouraged like it, I thought about her uh, watching this movie and I thought about her watching those commercials like how different it could have been for her and for a lot of women you know yeah um, and that's something that really resonated with a lot of people um, I'm part of a Facebook group called the I think it's the Carol cosplay core 
and um, a lot of active and former military um, service women are in that group. And there are several scenes throughout the movie that they admitted to basically weeping over um, because they experienced yeah. those things as well. Um, I actually considered going into the military myself when I was younger and similar situation. I was told over and over again, you can't do it. And at one point I was told, don't even think about going into the military because you will be raped. And yep. It I was, mean, it's like this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it's what you hear a lot when you're a woman, yeah. there's all these things that you're told growing up. And like, I, I heard a lot of people say that some of the messaging in this is like, uh, too forceful. It's exaggerated. It, it's not. I mean, no, me, me, Mindy, telling you right now that like e either we've had friends that were strongly discouraged or we were discouraged. Like you know, we've seen all the news stories about the way women are treated in the military, and we've heard the stories from people that have done it, and it's scary. And so, yeah, it does discourage a lot of people from serving their country, which is sad. <laughs> it is. It is like. I just, I remember that line whenever Carol is having a flashback, the guy who's like approaching her and he's going, you know why they call it a cockpit, right? And I was just like, you know, I have heard, I have heard people say that and it is disgusting, but it is a reason why women don't serve or why women are discouraged from serving. Yeah. So I just wanted to highlight that because I think, you know, I've mentioned it to you earlier today. I'm like, this movie doesn't exist in a vacuum. It does tackle some tough topics. I would say it doesn't tackle them, if anything, hard enough, but I get it. It's Marvel and it's it's a movie that everyone can enjoy. And so I don't want to try to take away anything from that at all. But I will say, like, it's definitely not heavy handed. If anything, it could have gone deeper. But... Oh, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> that brings up an interesting topic. Um, the uh, that scene with the dude who's trying, who's telling her, "Hey, why don't you smile?" Whenever she lands on Earth and is trying to figure oh, yeah. out how to get to the base, <laughs> <laughs> and he's and they actually cut the more blatant um, version of that scene where she actually uh, kicks his ass. But you know. Yeah, I got into a pretty uh, spirited argument about if that scene's appropriate or not. The, the extended one, because someone was like, you know, she o she's overreacting, which, oh my God, how do you watch this movie and still say things like that? Overreacting? That's a trigger word, okay? Like, don't tell women they're overreacting to something that you don't relate to. Like, right. you know? Right. And, and anyway, he was like, he didn't know her motive. He didn't know, like, maybe he was just joking and she took it too far and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, look, you're saying that because you haven't been in her shoes. Mm -hmm. You haven't had someone speak to you this way. You haven't been there when they keep going over and over. You haven't been there and been afraid. You know, in real life, uh, women don't say something back usually to that because they're scared. They're like, well, I better not say anything because what if this guy hits me or, you know, what if he tries what if to this murder situation me? Yeah. What if this escalates? And it's up to us somehow by magic. I don't know how, but we're supposed to be able to tell when mm -hmm. men are going to, if they're dangerous or not. We have to know that. But we, there's no way to know. So it's probably every woman's fantasy that she were strong enough to just handle it. 
right? Should it escalate, you know? And that's why that scene is funny. And that's why that scene is something that we all relate to because I'm sorry, but unless you've ever been in that situation where you run to your car really fast when someone's talking to you because you're scared or, um, or you take like an alternative route because you don't want them to accidentally find out your address or you don't want them to find out what your car looks like. Yeah, or you stop going to a store because every time you go in, they say really creepy things to you and make you really uncomfortable. Happens mm-hmm. a lot. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. So yeah, like that scene was not extreme and none of the scenes are, sad to say. Maybe it feels like an indictment, but it really shouldn't. It should just... It should just make you aware of things that maybe you don't experience day to day that other people do, you know, and I think that's why some of this doesn't necessarily resonate with everybody, but it resonated with enough people to hit a billion dollars. So it's fair to say like it resonated. Um, The other uh, quick fact that I had, or one of the other ones I had that uh, Pinar Tuprak um, signed on to compose the film score, making her the first woman to score an MCU film. Oh, that's cool. I know. And see, there's all these little things like that that you don't think about when you watch the movie. But again, context is key here. We're going to talk about why this movie is important. And I think that's another big one. You know, when people list off their favorite, uh, their favorite soundtracks, it's usually not by women, mm-hmm. you know? The composers that they list are usually not women. And so I don't think that means there's no female composers. I think it means that there's not enough of them, you know, that are getting Mm -hmm. a chance to do major motion pictures. Well, and I think this was something that we talked about with Wonder Woman as well. Um, The film industry is very, very heavily dominated by men. And Mm -hmm. it has been for a long time. And so like when we were talking about Patty Jenkins and you know, just how few female directors are out there or the consistency of those female uh, directed films. It's just like, oh, okay. There's, it's again, one of those situations where um, you've got to see people in those roles and have that, like you said, that positive female representation. Yeah. And I mean, they have to also be given a seat at the table. You know, it's we're not talking about taking seats away. We're adding seats because Mm -hmm. I think that there probably are uh, other film composers out there that are women. But I don't think that they're getting the same access, uh, the same exposure. And so this movie was a good vehicle. It's a good you know, excuse to say, hey, why don't we go ahead and try to pull more people into this team? And you have to just admit that a lot of times people help out people like them to a certain extent. Like, you know, let's you you hear stories all the time where, you know, a director is like, oh, yeah, me and my high school buddies. And, you know, then we started working together. We met in college. We then we uh, made a movie together. And, you know, people like to create their own little networks. And, um I think one issue right now, it's not necessarily done intentionally, but it's like their networks don't have a lot of women in them. Mm -hmm. And so they don't bring a lot of women up with them. And so when you start out with, you know, like, okay, you hire a female director, a movie about a woman, you start hiring female writers, then they're going to start pulling in their team 
you know, mm-hmm. and they're going to happen to be women. So it's important to make sure that, you know, your teams are diverse. And it's also important to make sure that, you know, there are projects like this where people can pull in more people. Um, on that note, you know, the the two directors of this film are Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. Uh, they worked on uh, It's Kind of a Funny Story in 2010 and Sugar in 2008. Just to give you a little background on Anna Bowden herself, she is an American film director, cinematographer, uh, cinematographer, editor, and screenwriter. She's best known as the co-writer for the 2006 film Half Nelson. Uh, she's also known for her collaborations with fellow filmmaker Ryan Fleck, who's directing this one too. Uh, while studying a film at NYU, Bowden met Ryan on the set of a student film, and they began dating and decided to collaborate. And together they made short documentaries and um, they've gone on to work together. But again, that's a case of people pulling in their own network, so to speak. And it's interesting that you read, you know, they haven't done anything really since 2010. So one thing I always try to stress to people is that just because a female director breaks in and makes a, a movie, um, maybe a small independent film or even a big one where she gets a big hit, you would think that would lead to more work, but it often doesn't. And so that's what we're kind of trying to change. And that's why movies like this are good because somebody like Anna Bowden gets another shot at it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, what's funny too is like just calling myself out again. I have seen behind the scenes with Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck and I had a perception of this film and it could be that I just heard old information, but I don't think that she was always going to be the director. Do you, do you know if that's true or not? Um, I honestly don't know anything about that. Okay. I thought, cause my perception was that there was like a male director and that they brought in like a female director to be like the voice, but how ironic that I thought that. And the truth is like, they, they're both directing equally. It's not like she's like <laughs> the female voice. They're just both directors. Anyway, just calling myself out, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. So so let's let's go on to some of the fun stuff too. Why don't we go ahead and dive into some of our favorite scenes, um, and then we'll kind of talk about the actors as we go along. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So, much like Wonder Woman, I uh, I have a lot of favorite scenes in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Let's do it. Uh, I really, like I said, uh, I really enjoyed the time that they spent on the Cree homeworld. I thought that was such a cool setup. Mm -hmm. Um, It was very visually interesting. It was really cool to see just how the Cree function, um, especially all the warriors like that. That was really neat to see. Um, I really loved that um, early on fight scene where... um, where Jude Law is just like telling her, you have to control your emotions. You have to control your emotions. Um, just on the, from a female perspective of <sighs> really, but also just, I, I enjoy a good fight scene. That's always entertaining. And it was really a nice way to get a good introduction to Carol, um, who goes by bears at that point in the film. And just kind of get an idea of her humor and uh, who she mm-hmm. is. Cause she just yeah, has a know, very dry wit. She does. And um, I kind of want to touch on, I've, I've heard a couple criticisms of 
the way that the emotion message is handled in this movie. Like I've heard people say, well, you should control your emotions. Well, that is good for you. Well, blah, 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 blah. But I think they're missing a key factor here. Um, Number one, this whole like control your emotions and, and turn them off and get serious. I think there's two scenarios with that. Number one, you've got like your dunes, you know, a la fear is the mind killer. Turn, you know, turn that off and focus. Uh Um, But there's a flip side to that, right? When you watch movies like, uh, let's say like, uh, I'm trying to think of one, like Equilibrium, you know, where everyone takes this drug and they have no emotions. And then um, finally Christian Bale starts feeling them. And then his, he, you know, he kind of has an awakening um, and he realizes that this is actually a way to control him. Well, I think that that's what's happening with uh, Brie Larson's character in this film is that she's being told to control her emotions and she's being sold that that's how she's going to reach her potential, but it's actually a way to just control her. And it is a metaphor for women specifically because there is a pretty uneven playing field in the real world where I think, you know, women are constantly told that they need to control their emotions in a way that I don't think men are told that like, I think we've all seen um, some experience where like maybe a guy has like an explosive bout of anger or talks down to somebody and that's seen as like authoritative and like, oh, he stood up for himself and he he said what needed to be said. But then when women do that, it's often perceived as they're too bossy, they're being irrational, you know, and so I think it's kind of multi-layered there. Number one, it plays into the plot because he's trying to control her, but then also it's a commentary on policing women and their emotions. Yes, absolutely. Um, And I agree with both of those points as well. And um, just in terms of the film, I mean, assume I would hope that anyone listening to this podcast has already seen the film. Um, Yeah. But yeah, yeah. it's not spoiler free at all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, towards the end of the film, we find out, Oh, well, yeah, they are literally trying to control her emotions. And yes, that is part of, um, just the way that the Cree are in terms of how they train their soldiers and things like that. But it's not who Carol is. That's not who she ever was. So mm-hmm. basically, she's in this system that doesn't work with her, that doesn't work with her personality. Um, she's a very emotional, um, punch first, ask questions later type of character. So this whole calm use your logic is very much a control and tampering of who she is yeah and it's weird because i feel like guys really understand that with certain characters like i don't know like your uh james t kirks and other characters like that where it's like you know they're the rebel they run in head first and blah blah and like it's celebrated but it's weird that there was kind of a backlash to that in this film like well she should control her emotions well she needs to control herself it's like well it's uh it's a very masculine trait uh yeah, it, we, we don't see that in a lot of uh in a lot of female characters and when we do see it it's typically because of some flaw in the character yeah which, that's that's a really good point yeah well and what i love about carol is that she is flawed she is mm-hmm. super flawed, but she's not any less of a hero because of that. Yeah, and I like that idea. Um, I watched a video a while back that was sort of critiquing like the way this may be going off in too much a tangent that I have to cut it, but uh, they were talking about like how 
even like in Star Wars, you know, Luke Skywalker's constantly told to like control his mind and, you know, restrain his emotions and how that can actually be kind of a negative message that is in a lot of pop culture. And I think that's why people sort of latched onto that idea in this movie. And they're like, wait a minute, like we're supposed to control our emotions. That's what we're always told to do. But yeah, it's like sort of a newer idea to stop demonizing emotions like that. You know, that's well, you that's kind of more emotions. old <laughs> It is fine to have emotions and have a broad range of emotions. It's what makes us human. Exactly. I think, yeah. what, I think that's part of what makes Carol an interesting character to watch. And yeah. especially with the comics to like read about it. Uh, like again, you know, we both talked about how we walked into this film and had kind of our own internalized baggage with watching her emotions, but emotions play out differently for different people. Just because one person handles trauma one way doesn't mean that the next person will handle it the same way. Yeah, there's no right way to react to, hey, your whole life's a lie. (laughs) Right, right. There's not really a By the way, this war that you thought you were a righteous warrior for is totally false. So have fun with that. Yeah, I think there's a lot of maybe newer concepts and bigger ideas. And I think that a lot of times when new movies come out where there's like a big visceral reaction, people are like, well, I hated that. And sometimes that's because that movie is different and not mm-hmm. bad. It's just it's just different and people just aren't there yet. And I, I do think that maybe I wasn't there yet and that uh, I think it'll be interesting to see how attitudes towards some of these themes change over time. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for them too. So I, I definitely, I, I shared with you earlier today that, um, you know, one of my personal stories I had was one time when I was working, um, a client told me that I wasn't as good as a, as another female coworker that he had worked with because she was so much more assertive than I was. She was, you know, he said she was so powerful, almost like a man. That's like, she was just really, really good at her job. And at the time, I sort of internalized that and just got upset and walked away and thought about it. You know, I never told anybody that he said that to me because, I mean, you know, saying that now, it sounds so ridiculous, like inappropriate. He's just Mm -hmm. a client. He's not somebody that can tell me how I'm doing, like, at my job. He's not my boss. He's just some guy. And, And also to add that level of, like, my other female coworker was so good because she was almost as good as a man is like really condescending. <laughs> um, well, it's it's also a really misogynistic comment. Yeah. It's like you're saying, okay, so women and female coded traits are bad. Exactly. And I walked away feeling like, oh, I have to be more like, I guess in this industry, I just have to be more like this or more like that. And over time I've looked back on that and I've thought, no, no, they were wrong you know, not me. And um, again, I never told anybody. And also the same person, by the way, tried to text me the entire time I was working with them and tried to hit on me constantly. Oh, delightful. (laughs) Yeah. So again, like just wanted to throw that out there because a lot of times people are like, oh, this stuff is exaggerated or made up. I'm like, if anything, it's worse. So (laughs) unfortunately, but you know, that was a long time ago and thankfully nowhere near that person or that scenario anymore, but just saying it does happen. And so some of the, some of the messaging in this movie about, you know, blowing off expectations and blowing off, you know, uh, people's 
perceived notions of who you're supposed to be and that being wrong. I mean, that's that's why that's such a big part of this character, because it resonates with a lot of women. It does. I mean, I, I definitely, especially as I watch the film um, over and over. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, Carol is definitely a female power fantasy. Oh, absolutely. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. If Batman can be a ninja, the smartest detective in the world, a handsome and rich, I can be Captain Marvel, okay? It's Dude, not that right. much of a stretch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm in again, like like that scene we were talking about earlier with a dude who was telling her to smile more, which what woman has not experienced that it's at some point in their life? Several times a day sometimes. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is absolutely a power fantasy and it is perfectly fine for women to have that power fantasy. And all like superhero said, films are power fantasies. Yes. That's literally what they are. And yes. it's great. It's fun. <laughs> it is totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> What's another like really cool scene that you like after that one? I well, do love that one too. The fight scene is awesome. It's very like 90s fight style too, which I loved. Which, small <laughs> tangent on that, I loved the promotion that Marvel did for this movie. I don't know if you oh, went yeah, to the website. The, I didn't, but I saw you talk about it. Oh my god. <laughs> so, um, whenever uh, Marvel was promoting this movie, um, the website, I'm not sure if it's still up. I, I would hope it is. Um, Marvel's um, website for this film was set up like a 90s GeoCity website and it was the most delightful thing I have ever seen in my life. That's awesome. <laughs> With like totally crappy graphics and um, even um, a 90s action style movie trailer. It was good. It Amazing. Was good really good <laughs> stuff. That's awesome. Um, I really loved pretty much inner any scene that involved an interaction between Carol and Nick Fury because all yes. those scenes were gold. They were. They reminded me a lot, and, and of course, same actor, but um, of like the long kiss goodnight kind of mm -hmm. back and forth banter that he had with uh, Gina Davis in that movie. Mm -hmm. um, it kind of was reminiscent of that for me, and I feel like the I, it can't be an accident. Like I feel like oh no, they I were mean, thinking of that writing it. They were talking about um, how they wanted this to feel like more of a buddy cop movie, and I just. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. All those interactions um, between the two of them, especially uh, whenever they're in the bar as Carol is trying to go back and um, get get to the base and she's talking to him about, you know, what the Cree are and trying oh, yeah. to get details out of him. And that whole comment about him needing to eat, uh, he can't eat sandwiches or bread that's been sliced diagonally. <laughs> <laughs> he's like you didn't need to know that did you <laughs> <laughs> no but i enjoyed it <laughs> i love that yeah so i really enjoyed any kind of interaction um between the two of them and it's really it's really cool to see how much of buddies they are um as a result of this movie as well just like anytime i see the two of them doing an interview together i'm just like oh this makes me happy I totally agree. And yeah, like it's cool because Nick Fury isn't the Nick Fury we know in this mm -hmm. movie. You know, he's sort of like 
he's not the complete one-eyed badass that he is now. This mm-hmm. is him like sort of disillusioned with the status quo and where he's going with his life. I even wondered if there were like if an original writing of this had that a little bit um you know with her being a woman and him being a person of color and them not like I wonder if there was a connection there of them like not fitting into what they're supposed to be like if they were going to go there with him but then they didn't but I kind of have to wonder if the original script had that cuz I feel like there's little sprinklings and hints in this movie hmm. I, I don't know see that. Yeah, I think that would have been an interesting way to go at the very least. But you can tell that, um, you know, that's a theme in this movie that he sort of challenges how things are supposed to be or how they appear. Um, And, you know, he takes a chance of going against what he's supposed to do. And that is part of what makes him Nick Fury later Mm -hmm. on. So I just think it's kind of cool to see that sort of beginning for his character in this film. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It is interesting, especially to see him basically as the desk jockey at this point. And it's like, wait a minute. Really? (laughs) Yeah, I was expecting him to have a scene where they're like, turn in your badge. Right. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. Definitely could have seen that happening. (laughs) Would have loved it. Uh, But then we find out, oh, hey, by the way, your boss is a shapeshifter. So never mind. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, really any scene that involved the two of them exchanging banter, um, loved those. But yeah, specifically the bar scene, that was a lot of fun to work with. Totally agree. Mm -hmm. Um, But talking about that, anytime Nick Fury interacted with Goose the Cat was also amazing. I love it. It felt so real because it's like, you know, that guy you know, or that woman, too, that uh-huh. like has sort of this kind of steely, cool exterior. And then the second there's a little animal around, they're like, oh, it's like, oh, look at the cute kitty. <laughs> or Flurgan. The Flurgan, right. Flurgan. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Yeah. I will say my one main beef with this film was that the flurkin is named Goose instead of Chewy. Instead of Chewy, yeah. I was like, like, I get why they did it, but it's <sighs> like... <sighs> so, in my ridiculous Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, fangirl heart of hearts, because I love all of those franchises and it's ridiculous, I was just sitting there going, but Disney owns all of them now. Why couldn't we get crossover merch? I know. I feel like the only reason is to make it more 90s. Is that why they changed him to Goose? Uh, I Honestly, I haven't found a definitive answer on this. Um, what I've heard is that it gives it more of a 90s kind of Top Gun Air Force vibe, but also separates those two franchises a little more clearly. Mm, okay. Yeah. Mis- Which I get, but also... No, Carol is legitimately a Star Wars fan. Aww. Like in the comics, she'll that. like pull Star Wars lines out. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't realize that. That's yeah, cool. yeah. It's so funny. Like there's several different panels. Like um, her Flurkin is named for Chewbacca. But also there are different lines where she'll just say like, these are not the droids you're looking for and things like that in the comics. And it's just like... <laughs> Oh, I, I wanted that. <laughs> I guess she'll be saying Top Gun lines now instead. I guess, I guess. Which <laughs> is also fine, but, you know. Yeah, but it's a different, because you you're a Star Wars fan, so it was like... I am, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, 
Oh, this actually reminds me of a funny story as I'm sitting here looking at my tattoos. I have a Star Wars tattoo, a Wonder Woman tattoo. I went to um, Walt Disney Land. There we go. Um, While I was uh, in California earlier this year for a work trip, and I was decked out head to toe in Captain Marvel stuff. So immediately when I stepped foot into the park, I made a beeline for the Captain Marvel area because I was like, I am not leaving this place without meeting Captain Marvel. And one (laughs) one of the cast members, as soon as I stepped in, he like saw my tattoos and he was like, where's your Captain Marvel tattoo? You've got a Wonder Woman one. And I was like, look, I just haven't had time to make an appointment with my tattoo artist yet. I'll get to it. <laughs> it Which will that happen. is happening within the next month. So it's going to be awesome. a thing. <laughs> That's great. That's so cool. But yeah, I was just like, oh, I just really <laughs> want Carol to be a, 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 f- a fangirl. <laughs> Star Wars in these movies. Which Brie Larson is also a fangirl of Star Wars. So there's oh, that. Good. That's awesome. Um, so this might be jumping the gun and heading straight to the end, but mm, I do that I all mean, the time. <laughs> I love, love, love the end fight scenes. Um, there, there are two that really stick out to me. Um, so after, um, the whole, after all the Kree have captured the scrolls and they have Carol bound up and she unleashes her power and realizes, oh, They've, they've literally put a limit on what I can do. So that moment when she goes into binary mode is really emotional. Just realizing, oh, I am way more powerful than I've ever thought. And what can I do with this power? Mm-hmm. I loved her reactions as she was just, she's basically after that point, just playing with her power. She's so... Yeah over the top way more powerful than anyone else in the film at that point (laughs) that it's just like (laughs) hey what you gonna do with it you're gonna have fun why not yeah Um, i'll admit that whenever she has the fight scene after she is distracting everyone and uh pretending that she has the tesseract in hand the moment when Gwen Stefani's song pops up, I, I oh my did. God. The first time I watched that, I rolled my eyes a little bit because I was like, seriously. <laughs> but then it was like, wait, no, it's a 90s girl power movie. Okay, fine. We can get on board with this. Yeah, I've heard people say stuff like, oh, well, this that song came out later. I'm like, y'all, come on. It's about a woman that gets hit with a reactor thing and absorbs powers like it doesn't have to be historically accurate <laughs> right right it's like and i uh, that was yeah. like i mean that song for me too uh, you know in the 90s was i can't stress how much it meant to me <laughs> i i love that song too but i was just sitting there like this feels like a weird tonal shift but then <laughs> as i watched it i was like you know what i can get on board with this um one of my favorite moments in the film is as she's flying through space and they're shooting literally everything they have at her. And she's just like hooping and hollering and going, woohoo! <laughs> and just having a good time testing her limits and realizing just how powerful she is. And I think that's something that we don't see enough in movies about women is them celebrating their power. Yeah, it's always like very hard fought, um, you know, stressful people challenging them, but then they don't even really get to celebrate it at the end. Mm-hmm. 
almost like that would be too much or something. But mm-hmm. yeah, I like that she gets that moment. And like, you know, I remember being a, a really young girl and uh, buying the uh, Don't Speak album, you know, and like, right. that being a big deal for me, you know, also heard a lot of uh, Alanis Morissette, uh, Jagged Little Pill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they may sound corny to some people, but I mean, I listened to those songs over and over and over again growing up. They they were important to me and and yeah i agree it's a really big moment and uh when she's realizing that and taking it off that's also when she has that sort of flashback about her getting up over and over right mm-hmm. yeah that so, part made uh, that's me. where oh, she, she's talking uh to um oh my gosh my brain is blinking uh jude law or no um the uh no whenever she's uh the the Cree the hive mind oh yeah what's the name of that uh the supreme intelligence there we go okay. oh okay. my gosh someone's gonna listen to this and go oh my god I'm screaming this at they've, you they've never seen this movie they're liars fake, <laughs> fake nerd comic girl. fans yeah fake fans uh yeah what that's when she's having all those moments of getting knocked down and uh being told oh you can't do anything and she's like you know what I'm going to do it. Stop telling me what to do. Yeah. I don't think I can emphasize enough how tough that is because, you know, like I've heard people say too, like, I know we don't get to see enough about her parents and the dynamics there. Um, You've, you've told me about uh, a little bit about uh, her difficult relationship with her family and why that is, but they don't explore that in the movie, but they don't have to for those scenes. And I think this is something that a lot of people don't understand is that, um, you know, I, I've heard people say things like, well, when her dad tells her, like, you know, what were you doing? That was dangerous, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, well, he's just looking out for her and being like the perfect dad and she's being an awful daughter. And I'm like, man, you just don't know how often little girls hear that because so little boys, times. yeah, are allowed. I mean, it, it, you know, you've you've heard people say stuff like, well, I have two boys and they were always in and out of the emergency room, <laughs> little scamps. But it's like, it's like okay for little boys to get rough that and to behavior, get hurt. Yeah, that behavior is more often than not, especially, you know, where we are, encouraged <laughs> in boys. Yeah. And girls are discouraged from that. I mean, I saw that with me and my brothers. <laughs> yeah. I I cried at that scene. I, it was weird because, you know, I, I told you at the beginning of this film that at first when I saw this movie, I was like, you know, I I had the impression that these moments were not earned enough, that we weren't seeing her emote enough. That scene, it felt like a laser beam was like shooting me in the chest at that point. Mm-hmm. I cried and I had to like think about like, why did that hit me so hard? And a memory that came to me right away was being a little girl and wanting to do like uh, kickboxing and I wanted to get into like boxing boxing uh-huh. for some reason I just was like all of a sudden I want to box and I remember you know my dad and and I don't blame him because I mean he's also a product of the society we live in it's not like his fault specifically but he told me no 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 you know I don't I don't want you doing that I don't want you boxing or I don't want you to take martial arts or anything like that because you know you're a girl and it's going to ruin your face and mm-hmm. you need to remain pretty and I remember thinking oh, okay he's right like I I could get hurt he's right I I just got to let it go and so I didn't do it and mm-hmm. that scenario was not the only time it happened it wasn't the first time it happened there were lots of things in my life that I tried to do 
where I tried to step outside of the box and, and do something that I wanted to do. And I was over and over again told, like, this isn't for you. And after a while, you just kind of give up and you're like, okay, like, I guess none of that's for me. But then as an adult, you're like, wait a minute, every little kid that, you know, kickboxes or does martial arts or is in a boxing ring is going to get hurt. Yep. Like that's, you should be preparing your kids for that. Like, hey, this is part of being an athlete or this is part of physical activity, you know, but a lot of us, myself included, end up internalizing the messaging and thinking, okay, I've just got to completely retreat and not do any of that mm-hmm. and be afraid. Yeah. <laughs> and it sucks. And it's like, um, you know, again, I don't blame him specifically for it, but it, it it is part of the reason why I, you know, can't stay out late. I can't, you know, join certain things. I can't go anywhere or do anything. It was like, you're kind of living a little bit in a bubble. And uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of women know how that feels. It's just yeah. like that. And it's funny that like, people see that scene and they're like, her dad's in the right automatically. I'm like, but he's not. She says in those scenes, but what about the boys? Mm-hmm. Like you're letting them do it. And I think they don't realize like how much courage it takes to keep fighting against something that, I mean, frankly, your parents are telling you and everyone is telling you your whole life, just give up. Like when mm-hmm. she's in the air force and they're constantly telling her like, you don't belong here. You're, you're not good enough. Fly. Yeah. I mean, do you know how hard that is? Even when people are encouraging you, like mm-hmm. it's tough, you know, to go through boot camp and, it's tough to uh, to succeed. You know, a lot of people, uh, you know, athletes and, and, and people in the military talk about their families supporting them and like, oh, just like my dad, I did this too. And, you know, they have support. It's hard when you have no support and you're actually discouraged. Uh-huh. So that scene where she's, you know, standing up and she's in the right and then she's using all her powers, it's really powerful because it's hard when you don't fit in that box and you break out of it finally. Uh-huh. And like every woman alive can relate to that part. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I mean, you don't have to have Carol's experiences uh, to understand the depth of that moment. Like, yeah. Oh man. I mean, and I, I've had this like at work as well, whenever I find like, I even had a recent situation where I just felt beat down by my job. And then I get an email one day going, oh, hey, now you're actually being recognized for your work. And it's like, it's like the sky opens up and you're just like, oh, my gosh, everything is amazing now. (laughs) But yeah, it's that moment of being like, I'm not being held back anymore. Yeah. And what can I do with this? Like the just the sheer joy she has in those fights was really cool to watch. I mean, she's having fun (laughs) yeah it's awesome yeah I just thought it was such a yeah and it's just again like I think a lot of people think maybe oh it's you know heavy messaging and it's blah blah blah. it's like it's relevant just like in any movie you watch where you really connect with the character and the messaging I mean that's why we connect with it because it is something that we understand and we've lived through so Uh you know nobody's pushing me down in the dirt or anything but like on some level, I know what that feels like, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but related to that scene, um, her final fight moment with, uh, with Jude Law's character, (laughs) Yon Rog. Oh my gosh. Talk about another power fantasy moment (laughs) that I'm proud of you. Uh, when he is just like egging her on and it's just like, 
fight me, fight me, fight me, but fight me without your powers. We have to have a level playing field. And she just like looks and stares at him and then blasts him. And it's just like, I've got nothing to prove to you. Like that's such a powerful moment. It is because that was such an artificial you know, rules that he was making to keep her in a box. Well, Mm -hmm. you know, it's almost like, well, if we arm wrestled right now, I'd win. Okay. So I'm going to blast you with my blasters. Goodbye now. (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's also like her powers are a part of who she is. Yeah. They're not like separate from her. Like he wanted her to believe because he was afraid of how powerful that made her. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I definitely bristled at that. I'm proud of you moment because I've been told that before. And it's like, you didn't do this. I did it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Def- definitely had those situations as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I just love that moment where she finally goes, you know what? I may have held you in, in esteem at one point and that's fine, but you have no power over me and you have no control over me. Yeah. It's awesome. It's like freaking finally. <laughs> yes. And absolutely. like that gif of him being blasted away is hilarious. And I've watched it on repeat before. <laughs> oh man. It's one of my favorite <laughs> ones to use on Twitter, especially. <laughs> I know. And again, like I want to keep stressing. It's weird. The lens that a lot of people, like I was trying to explain this to Nick. Cause he's just like, I don't get it. Like, cause we were talking about like some of the backlash with the movie and you know, like how they feel like that's really like man hating or something. And it's like, don't you, haven't you ever been in that situation where there's somebody in, in power over you and it's not fair and they, and you don't like it. Like, think of it that way. Cause it's not like she's, she's not mean to Nick Fury. You know what I mean? No. Like, it's not that all men are bad. It's that people in charge that are misusing their power or abusing it they're bad yeah that's the bad guy we're on the same team here and i feel like he really gets that but like not everybody does yeah and i i've had this discussion with my husband as well where he was like i don't know i i just i didn't quite get the point of the movie and i'm like that's okay it's not for you yeah, and, and I fine. really feel like people don't always hear that, like, I'm going to say something really controversial that's going to get me added. And by the way, I still want to talk about this movie on my podcast, but I kind of felt the way some people felt watching this. I felt that way kind of watching Iron Man. Mm-hmm. I, I watched it and I went, that was fine. And everyone's like, what do you mean? It's like so perfect. And they've explained it to me. And I'm like, I think I just didn't resonate with RDJ's character. Right. And, and you it, don't have to. And right. That- you notice I never get on Twitter and blast everyone that liked that movie because so what? I mean, I didn't connect with it, but it started an entire franchise. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a lot of people connected with it. Well, this is the same thing in a way. It's like, I get it. It didn't connect with you. Fine. But it does connect with a lot of people and you can't tell people what connects for them, you know? <laughs> exactly. Everyone has to decide that for themselves and based on their their experiences, their life, all of it. And for so long, we've been told that the primary movie going audience is men, um, typically between <laughs> like 18 to 35 or something like that. And it's like, 
But okay, women have been going to those movies for so long. And now that there's content actually being targeted at us. Yeah, of course, we're going to eat it up. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to go more often. And instead of, you know, your wife going, oh, I hate it when you watch these dumb hero movies, she's going to go, oh, I can't wait till they come out. Right. Why don't you want that? (laughs) Yeah. And it. Yeah. We've just. Again, and I, I, I've mentioned this over and over again, but we have so many superhero movies featuring the same type of right. character. Why is it a bad thing that we're getting female-led superhero movies with different types of characters? Exactly. There's nothing and wrong like, with it. And some of them have been different, and the ones that are different are usually the ones that I like a little bit more. I mean, you know, I made that comment about Iron Man, but you know who I did feel like I connected with? Captain America, you know? And it's probably because there's things about his character, about his origin story, probably the fact that he starts out weak and becomes strong, hello, um, you know, that made me resonate more with that character. So it's not like because he's a man, I don't resonate with him, but different characters resonate with different people for different reasons and yeah so i mean i don't know it's like it's more complex than people think and you know there's i've heard people say things like well i'm being completely unbiased and in my unbiased opinion it's not a good movie and i'm like but you are biased it's impossible for you not to be (laughs) i mean your entire life sets up a set of biases within you and part of providing an opinion is recognizing those biases and when they get in the way. Yeah. And so like I even said tonight that some of mine did, you know, like as a character, I guess I resonated maybe a little bit more with Wonder Woman. Maybe she was closer to how I feel or my philosophy on life. But, you know, Carol Danvers connected a lot more with my best friend, Kara, because of her experiences. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't want to be in the Air Force ever. So it, I don't have the exact same background she did. So like, there's two different female characters for two different women. That's fine. I would like to see even more. Agreed. <laughs> Why not? So yeah. And I think like, you touched on something too about how, you know, for a long time, we've been told this is what audiences want. Yeah, it's weird. It's almost like there's a group of people out there that believe that all movies are picked by like these completely logical robots that go this is gonna make money this isn't you know what some of those decision makers were harvey weinsteins okay yeah like they weren't benevolent computers deciding what we all like some algorithm it was people with their own biases and their own agendas unfortunately and they were telling us what we all wanted to watch and a lot of times they were wrong like with catwoman oh gosh so so i mean like hey here's how to not do a female-led superhero movie exactly and i feel like with the me too movement that has kind of pulled the wool over some people's eyes of oh this really is happening Mm -hmm. like people really were being actively kept out or careers actively ended or people not being allowed to the table Um, And we're seeing that shift happen where it's starting to become a little bit better. And there's naturally some pushback to that because we've been told one thing for so long, they just believe it, but it's, it's just, it's not true. You got to wake up like Carol Danvers did and realize (laughs) things are not how they appear. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, um, I think that a lot of the backlash uh, towards this film comes from, they are setting 
uh, her up as the basically new Captain America going into phase four. And she is going to be the title front character for a lot of stuff going forward. And that's okay. It's, it's, yeah, it's really not going to ruin anything. It's just what needs to happen. (laughs) And like, it's okay. Everything will be okay. (laughs) It's like, sometimes like I want to roll my eyes at the naysayers. And then sometimes I just want to like wrap them up in a blanket, make them some tea (laughs) and just be like, it's fine. It's fine. I know. Sometimes I want to be like, do you know how that makes me feel when you say if they add more people like me, it ruins your franchise? Right. Like, do you see how that would hurt my feelings? <laughs> like, it's like, oh, I'm so sorry that just because someone has a different set of genitals than you, that they're somehow less than. And that yeah, was, that was something that, as especially as I was watching the featurettes earlier today, that really stuck out to me, like, and and part of why I feel like this movie is so powerful is Carol is constantly told that she's less than for having emotions. She's less than for being a woman. She's less than for being a human because they go on about that a lot too. Yeah. And just that moment when she realizes I'm not less than you, I am as powerful, if not more powerful for embracing all these different aspects of my character, of my personality, and just of who I am. All yeah. these things make me who I am, and that person is powerful, and it is okay to be that way. That was just totally such a moving moment for me. Another thing I like too, um, and I kind of wish, I think this is another like, a, if I had like a little wish list of what I wanted more of, I wanted more of Marvell. Um, I thought that was so cool that she was a woman because I think traditionally in the comics, Marvel's a male character, right? Um, the mantle has been passed to different characters, oh, okay. so there was um, so Marvel in the comics was a man, yes. Mm-hmm. So I liked that choice to make her female because I don't think we see enough, um, uh, what do you call it, enough uh, mentors mm-hmm. that are female. I feel like a lot of times when there's an older woman in a movie and a younger woman, it's combative. It's like, uh, I'm jealous of you. You're the younger, hotter woman and Mm -hmm. I don't like you. And if they have a mentor, it's usually a man. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like they can't even imagine women looking up to other women, which is Because if you have more than one woman in a movie, then obviously they're at odds. Yeah. And it's like, I liked that choice to make her the mentor and i was so excited when they met i was excited when we found more about her and yeah if i had a wish list the only thing is i i wanted even more of her mm-hmm. <laughs> like i get why not but i'm just saying like in my in my fantasy there would be more marvel um, but- i liked her annette bending a lot yeah in, in i really liked her character as well that was really cool um but on that topic i really loved how they portrayed female friendship in this yes. movie. Uh, and I have seen definitely some discussion of uh, were Carol and Monica like actually a couple? Because, uh, you know what? I there's no vibe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's definitely that vibe. But I mean, 
honestly, I'd be cool either way with it. Just because if they, if they were in a relationship, that's awesome. If they were just really best friends, that's also awesome. Because I know I do have that kind of closeness with a lot of my female friends as well. And it's nice to see a female friendship represented so healthily on yeah. screen. Like, they, like Monica's not jealous of Carol having all these awesome superpowers she's just like you know what you're my badass best friend and I love you for that yeah I think um yeah I think a lot of times female friendships are portrayed as like you know an obstacle to the romantic relationship like usually there's like a terrible friend that the boyfriend doesn't like or Mm -hmm. you know what I mean or a frenemy or a a rival as you said earlier and so to see two women getting along, I think that is why they're like, well, they must be dating. That's the only scenario where where they get along and they're close. But I mean, it could be or it could not be or it could have been a woulda, coulda, shoulda or who knows. Um, there's some mystery there. But I, I agree with you. I like how positive their connection is. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just I remember one of the things that really moved me while watching the movie was just going, man it is nice feeling like I'm seeing my friends up there on screen as well. Cause it's just like, you know, when you have those really good female friends and like they're, they're, they're your sisters. That's, mm-hmm. that's what they are. And it's just going, Oh, Oh yeah. We can actually see movies where women get along. This is so nice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, going back to, cause you know, we're, I, I always say like, don't compare these two movies and yet I'm kind of doing it here. So Eh. Um, in Wonder Woman, like it was kind of the same thing with like the Amazons, mm-hmm. you know, it was like really cool to see a bunch of women together that weren't necessarily related or in a relationship that were getting along so well. It's like we need more of that. Absolutely. Sure. Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the first moment that they that um that Monica and Fury are on the ship and they realize what a flurkin is. Oh yes. <laughs> I kind of saw it coming. Even not reading the comics, you you know where it's oh, going. Yeah. You know something's gonna happen. Especially when they muzzle him like that little bitty cat muzzle. <laughs> it's so cute. It's like, oh, this is too Okay. But also that line. Uh Flurkin threat level high and then human male threat level low (laughs) he's like that thing's broken i'm sorry i had to laugh over that one it was just too (laughs) um but yeah whenever uh i almost called him chewy goose (laughs) whenever (laughs) goose like opens his mouth and uh take takes the tesseract so that they can do their diversion plan I was just laughing so hard. I was like, yes, thank you. Thank you. This is what I came here for. This is what I spent my, I don't even remember how much money it was to get the ticket, but like $15 for it. Right. I'm here for this. I didn't ask you how much you spent collectively on all the tickets. Okay. Um, We're not going to talk about the tickets, uh, nor are we going to talk about the launch of all the official Captain Marvel merchandise. (laughs) because i was in a desert of merchandise for years before all of this stuff came out and now i'm just so happy that i have (laughs) i'm happy for you (laughs) that's awesome 
How did you feel about that part where um, she changes her colors to the Captain Marvel colors? Is, is that in the comics? Uh, no, uh, there's definitely not a scene like that in the comics. Uh, basically, what happened was when Kelly Sue DeConnick took over, they just completely redid her outfit. Um, oh, okay. So um, that that was definitely an area of controversy for a lot of people because a lot of people who have really liked Carol Danvers for a long period of time, they were like, but what's wrong with the bathing suit outfit? And basically Kelly Sue's response was, you know what? That is great for her past, but this is not her future. And I got to respect that approach. Um, what she wears as Captain Marvel is um, very much, um, it, it looks like something that a fighter pilot would wear in a lot of ways. Right. It, it looks like something, it's very much a superhero version of it, but it's still something much more practical that um, that suits Carol's personality quite well. Um, and it doesn't mm-hmm. look like the cheesecake look that we've often associated with superheroines. Yeah. It seems like in the past, they always had to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. And it's like, eh, I mean, there could be different ones. I mean, there's nothing wrong with like a sexy outfit, but there should be more than that. Right. <laughs> there's more sides to women than just that. <laughs> I mean, that that was always something that bothered me about it. Like, you know, old school comic book designs, totally fine. But it's also like, you're seriously going to go fight bad guys wearing heels and a thong? Yeah. In a sash, unless it's some, in a sash unless that it, anyone can grab and throw you around? <laughs> and I feel like unless it really suits the character, it's not necessarily needed. Like, you know, th- I think there's some female characters that their sexuality is part oh, of yeah. their character. But it's not always part of their character. Like, you know, if you take any of the male characters, it's like, are the guys in these movies handsome? Um, Yeah. But it's not like their outfits, like, are catered to that. It's not like their character is, like, meant to be seen as a sex symbol necessarily. And so I think, yeah, it's like you have to think about that going forward. And and honestly, you have to think about little girls putting this stuff on. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, I, I mean, I think you have to put certain things in their time and place and i don't know i just i i I like the change towards making the female characters a little bit more equal to the guy characters in terms of how they dress too yeah yeah for sure but no shaming no shaming (laughs) no shaming at all it's just it's just nice to see outfits that are more practical because yeah, and I, there's different characters and different outfits for different characters. It's all fine. <laughs> yes, yes, agreed. Uh, I, I, always, I really enjoyed the movie redesign of her outfit. It's just, to me, it looks like really cool futuristic space wear. So, you know. Yeah, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. I also like how, and this is just costume nerding out, but of course, that, that's what I do. <laughs> yeah so 
I really enjoyed, um, especially looking at the costuming, how similar all the Kree warrior outfits were, but all those different little subtleties that pointed more towards their characters as well. So even if you just look at the stars that are on all of their outfits, they all look slightly different and have slightly different shapes to them. Oh, I I didn't notice Mm -hmm. that. I'm going to have to go back and look at that. Yeah, yeah. And that was an intentional move um, on the costume designer's part. Oh, very cool. I like it. I just, I liked that scene where she decides to change it from the Cree colors to the American colors. Right. Um, it was just, it was a neat kind of satisfying thing. And, and you, you mentioned the design of it is like a flight suit, like all that kind of tied in neatly together. So I, I really liked that. Yeah, same. Um, did we miss any, any big scenes? I know it's so hard. That's why I'm asking. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. It's like, I'm always like afraid I'm going to forget something or, uh, I mean, know, but don't feel pressured. Talk about whatever you want. I mean, sure. there is that explosion scene where she gets her powers. Um, oh yeah. And also whenever she's captured by the scroll. Yeah. I, I like the explosion scene. Um, uh-huh. I, I thought that was a really cool wrap up i don't think i guessed that right away um and so i think they did a good job for new people like me that are not familiar with the character to slowly be introduced to that idea and have it be like a very satisfying aha moment mm-hmm. um so i like the way they led up to that and how the whole movie's kind of in reverse almost with her memory stuff um i really I liked really how they cool. they toyed with her memory of that as well and kind of Mm -hmm. kept you in the dark for just a little while with it yeah yeah me too we're we're fed this line early on that the scrolls are the bad guys they're the ones who are in the wrong and her memories are just fuzzy enough about the whole situation that she believes it and she buys into the propaganda and were the scrolls bad in the comics? Like, I feel like I've heard that, that, th- that this is kind of also a little bit of a new idea, making them more neutral or more like good guys. So they definitely took some creative liberties uh, with, uh, with the scrolls and the Kree in this film. Um, both, uh, both of the alien races are a little more gray in the morality area. <laughs> Where all of this is concerned. Also, I don't know if you saw Dark Phoenix. I did, yes. You did. Okay, so one of my frustrating parts with that movie was that was supposed to be the scroll. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, see, and I think, you know, some people have complained that they've changed the scroll. But I think it's a really good misdirect. Because if you're not supposed to know about how she gets her powers. Well, if you read the comics, you know. Mm-hmm. So what other thing could they do to to add mystery? I think doing this with the scrolls is a really good fun new thing they could throw in there to kind of throw you off. So I I really liked it. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was a good way to take it as well. And also just um obviously, you know, they're they're taking some creative liberties here, but at the same time, um I think it you kind of need the scroll to be in the position that they were in as refugees of war for, uh, for Carol to see just how much she'd been manipulated. Um, 
Yeah, we've got to see why she has to turn against the Kree. Mm-hmm. What's what's so bad? You know, yes, they kidnapped her. Yes, I guess they they kept her from realizing her power. But you got to make them bad guys for her to really turn on them because you really only have two hours to tell this story. You don't have like several issues of comics to explain it. Mm-hmm. So I think it is a good move. Yeah, yeah. It, it it definitely gives the audience a little bit more to identify with and understand her motivation a bit more. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was definitely a um, an interesting turn, and just seeing how they did manipulate her memories. Um, also, I just with that whole explosion scene, um, I think it was also important to understand that. Carol's powers were her own and they just kept feeding her this line early on that she got her powers by, uh, you know, transferring Cree blood into her system. And it's so the, the whole idea was that she's only strong and powerful because they made her that way. And it's like, no, she's strong and powerful because of her own abilities. Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree. I think that's important messaging in the movie that, you know, she has ownership of her skills and her her abilities and they're not just uh, benevolent gifts given to her that can be snatched away whenever Mm -hmm. they want. Yeah, and um, just to give listeners an extra comic book tie-in uh, some of the more recent uh, comic book issues I think it this is in the life of Captain Marvel run that I think that one came out in 2016 maybe I would need to double check that um, the idea in those comics is that the explosion didn't give her the powers that they actually activated her powers so that, Ooh, I like that's that. also an interesting distinction to play along with that's cool. I like that. I mean, either way, there had to be something special about her that, you know, it didn't just explode her. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, so that that was definitely a really cool scene as well. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, I guess we'll kind of wrap up then. Um, let's see. So let me ask you our last couple of questions as we get to the end here. Mm-hmm. Uh, why do you like this movie so much? Why do you think you've seen it so many times? Um, I think it's a movie that I get more out of it as I watch it over and over again. Um, it's it's a message that really resonates with me. And I think it resonates with a lot of women. The idea that we can be powerful in our own right. And Mm -hmm. that we can actually enjoy that power, that it's perfectly okay to celebrate it. And um, Captain Marvel has been one of my favorite characters in the Marvel Universe for almost 10 years now. And I'm just so happy that she finally got her time on screen. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm really happy about that, too. I think... um... I love this new messaging we're seeing in films lately because I think, you know, it's really positive and it's starting to kind of shift the tide a little bit. This idea that emotions are good mm-hmm. <laughs> and that they're part of what makes us human and that they are actually a strength. Because I think we get a lot of messaging that we need to control our emotions, that, you know, you we've all been in that really obnoxious, like, internet argument where someone's like, if you take the emotions out of this argument, you can see that I'm right. And you're like, 
you know what? We shouldn't be taking the emotions out of certain things. No. They're part of it. And, um, you know, there's this idea that, oh, we the left side of our brain, the right side of our brain, and da, da, da. a lot of that stuff is like not true. Uh, both sides of your brain need to work together and they're not evenly split in half, like, you know, one emotion side, one non-emotion side, like people believe. And so we need both our logic and emotions in our day-to-day life. And both can be a strength and both can be a weakness, but they're part of what makes us who we are. And I love the idea that, um, that they're seen as a positive and that they enhance her character and who she is instead of taking away from it. Um, I don't think that should be such a revolutionary thought. I think that's just true. And so I like that. I, I loved the idea about getting back up because I think that's really brave. Again, you know, we hear about all these women pioneers, the first woman to do this, the first woman to do that. You know what? I, I'm not the first woman to do anything. It's really hard. Okay. Yeah, it like is. that's not something that everybody just wakes up and does. Um, when you're hearing your whole life that things have to be a certain way and you go against that message, that's hard to do. Um, and I think that can't be minimized and it it definitely is an important part of this plot. And it's it's a really cool message to little girls out there. I mean, when I saw Wonder Woman in theaters and I saw her doing all the things she was doing on screen, I cried because I didn't have that when I was little, really. And I think the more characters that we see like this, the more that we get, the better that's going to be in the future. I I can't imagine what little badasses we're creating, you know, in this generation that are getting this movie. Um, I remember seeing a comment online. It was a, a Party City ad for like a Captain Marvel birthday party. And it featured a little girl wearing a Captain Marvel suit and a bunch of stuff. And in the comments, there were all these adult men saying you know this too bad this movie sucks or you know just what a horrible uh, role model for little girls and i was like imagine losing perspective so much that you're in the comment section of a party city ad Uh. criticizing little girl birthday decorations like really think about that you know yeah and it's like it's just a huge disconnect of not understanding that you have a different experience from someone else. You know, mm-hmm. you want better role models for little girls. Okay. That's what you want. What does she want? Mm-hmm. This is her role model. This is her hero. You know, would you really go up to five-year-old little girl and tell her like, this hero sucks. You need to pick a new one. Like, I mean, no. we're already <laughs> seeing little girls loving this character, just like they love mm-hmm. Wonder Woman, just like they love uh, Kamala Khan's Miss Marvel and other heroes like that. Like, yeah. I, I don't know if you saw the interview of the little girl dressed as Captain Marvel and interviewing Brie Larson on the red carpet. Oh, I did. It's so cute. <sighs> oh, it was so precious. And the reality is like, you know, you can dislike the movie all you want, But at the end of the day, it does mean something to people and it does mean something to women and it does mean something to young girls who are actually getting this character and get to grow up with this strong female icon. Yeah, it's important. You know, representation really is important when you see someone else in a role that you want. It, it does uh, motivate you. And you hear those stories all the time about people saying, you know, I watched Top Gun and I joined the Air Force. Well, you know. Women need those heroes too, mm-hmm. you know? So that's what's important about it. Um, or my second question for you is, you know, what's your elevator pitch for this movie? Like, how would you 
describe it to others to get them to see it (laughs) so uh when this movie came out i basically sold it as if you like a good buddy cop movie if you think that uh cats are awesome and should eventually be our overlords or (laughs) i like that (laughs) or if you just like badass women in general you should watch this movie because it is an amazing movie that hits all of those points. Yeah. I would say too, like this is a, in a way a historical moment. Um, Sometimes there's growing pains when somebody like this character goes against the grain and stands up to, you know, what she's allowed to do and not to do. And um, there has been some backlash, but I think in hindsight, it's going to be seen as one of those films that kind of dared to break outside of the box in terms of, what female heroes have to offer and i think it's great um i hope that it you know it reaching that huge milestone in the box office means good things for more hero uh female hero centered flicks going forward and i can't wait to see them so yeah same here well mindy uh thank you so much for coming back you did our wonder woman and captain marvel movie so you know you're gonna have to start getting those wheels turned and come up with another one Um, i love the expertise you brought on both episodes just your background and your knowledge about these characters it's just been awesome so thank you so much for that thank you so much for having me i really enjoy talking about these movies Awesome. Yeah, you'll have to be thinking about a a new movie soon. Yes, yes. (laughs) Yes. Cool. Well, um, thank you so much. Oh, before we go, where can people find you? I go by the Geeky Seamstress online. I have a website where I talk about all the cosplays that I make. I'm also really active on social media, primarily Instagram. You can find me uh, on there as at the Geeky Seamstress or on Twitter. Uh, You can find me... um, under at geeky seamstress because uh the geeky seamstress is too long for twitter awesome well we uh, i will link all this stuff in the show notes so people can look at your badass costumes and see the progress that you're working on and and your your eventual captain marvel tattoo as well oh and the captain marvel is the costume is starting uh end of september as well so progress on that coming soon exciting awesome well thanks again mindy and have a good night yeah thanks you too